It can be really hard for us to relax at night. We're always thinking about covering crime. But the good news is our wonderful new sponsor, Via, has a terrific product that helps us unwind. Via Hemp has a wide range of terrific gummies of both the THC and THC-free varieties. They can help you with focus, recovery, sleep, creativity, or just plain enjoyment. These products legally ship to all 50 states. I really liked Zen in particular. This is a yummy blueberry option that lets you catch a chill sleep with help from CBN and CBD. It's really helped me turn off my brain and settle down for the night. I also got a shout out Flow State. It helped me feel energized throughout the day. Like not to brag, but I got a lot done. I'm talking about doing several interviews and editing a whole show from start to finish, not to mention jumping on some of the latest filings in the cases we cover. It really made me feel sharp and ready to tackle any challenge. I couldn't recommend this more. Via has so many great gummy options to choose from. Everything from guava berry low dose that allows you to microdose THC to the chill-inducing Delta 9 gummy dreams. Head to viahemp.com and use code MSHEET to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies. That's viahemp.com and use code MSHEET at checkout. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Enhance your every day with Via Hemp. Again, if you're 21 and over, you can get 15% off plus a free pack of award-winning gummies with our exclusive code, msheet at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P dot com. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Content warning. This episode contains discussion of the murder of two children, as well as non-contact sexual offenses. As we research the Delphi case, we sometimes come across bits of information that are worth sharing, but which should not seem to easily fit into one of our primary episodes. For instance... Do you know that Tony Klein once explained to an associate how he came up with his son's name? It turns out that one of Tony's favorite places at the time was a strip club called the Keg and Stein. Keg and Stein. Keg and Klein. Do you get it? Tony Klein named his firstborn child after a strip club. So, if what our source told us is true, that says something about the man and his priorities. In this bonus episode, we would like to share with you a few other updates and new pieces of information we have come across. My name is Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And this is The Murder Sheet, a weekly true crime podcast. Anya and I connected over the Burger Chef murders, a 1978 unsolved case involving the killings of four young restaurant employees. We're the Murder Sheet, and this is the Delphi Murders Updates.
When he was being interviewed by police, Kagan Klein repeatedly tried to suggest that he had not communicated with underage girls or traded abuse materials. He claimed that the person who had actually done those terrible things was a friend who he had briefly lived with. We did not, and will not, reveal that person's name, but we did reach out to him. He understandably does not wish to be interviewed, but he did send us some messages we can share with you. We called him friend number one in that episode. Kevin will read from the comments friend number one sent us. I did live with Kagan Klein when we first moved to Las Vegas. I am a single father of two kids, a daughter and son. I am the only one that takes care of them. So I want to say I don't know what he did. There were only a few signs I see now, which is that he loved being in his room all the time and that he was dirty. I don't want to waste my time talking about him. I heard he got arrested for child porn and talking about him would only make me mad, being a father. For what it's worth, we find the words of friend number one to be credible. Now, let's go back a couple of weeks to when we shared the transcript of Barbara McDonald's jailhouse interview with Kagan Klein. At one point in that conversation, there was a question that has since attracted a great deal of attention. Anya will now read it. So do you remember um, the night of the 13th, the night that the girls went missing? Do you remember communicating with Kelsey German? People began making all sorts of unfounded speculation about that question and what it could possibly signify. Some wondered if it suggested some sort of heretofore unknown link between Kelsey German and Anthony Schatz. Others wondered if Barbara McDonald had somehow gotten confused and simply asked their own question. Screenshots even started floating around the internet, which purported to show family members confirming some sort of contact between Kelsey German and the Anthony Schatz account. We decided to go straight to the source and ask Kelsey German herself. Anya will read the response Kelsey sent us. Yes, I communicated with the account on February 13th while we were trying to find the girls. I contacted everyone Libby had been in contact with recently. The conversation threw up no red flags and gave no suggestion that the account knew where Libby and Abby were. We have to say that this makes perfect sense to us. If someone you love has gone missing, then reaching out to everyone they've been in touch with recently is an excellent first step in trying to locate them. So, texting Anthony Schatz that night made good sense. If either of us had had the misfortune to be in the situation Kelsey German was in that night, we would have done the exact same thing. Kelsey elaborated on all of this in a post on one of the many Facebook groups devoted to this case. Anya will read from that post now. It was a five-minute conversation. I never talked to the account again and didn't think about it again until years later. Not only do I now have to live with the fact that I communicated with an account that could possibly be connected to my sister's death, as if that's not traumatic enough, I now have to watch groups dissect my intentions and twist my every word in a million directions. No matter what I say, someone will always have something negative to say about it. I hope those people have the day they deserve. I hope today is the day. I hope this is over soon. 
I hope someday the true crime community will learn that the way family members of murder victims are treated is horrendous and not okay. This seems to be a good time for us to say something about Kelsey German. We both admire the way she has advocated for her sister, and we are both baffled and sickened by the deep hate and suspicion she has engendered in some quarters of the internet. Some people have harassed her online. Others bizarrely hint or outright state that Kelsey herself has some sort of guilty knowledge about the murders of Abby and Libby. None of this makes any sense, and Kelsey deserves much better. We imagine that most of our listeners agree. If you don't agree, then we suggest that you seek help and avoid directing hate at the relatives of murder victims. All of us care about Abby and Libby, but none of us cares as much about them as their families do. Years after the world's spotlight has moved on, they will still feel the loss of those girls and be haunted by their memories. To insinuate that these families, who will mourn the girls for the rest of their lives, could be covering for the killer is an outrage. And to try to punish or hurt them by saying nasty things about them is horrible. Both families have suffered so much. Let us try to make an effort not to add more pain or sorrow to their plate. A weight loss journey can feel like a lonely struggle, but it doesn't have to be. For so many of us, lifestyle changes like deciding to lose weight, adopting a nutritious diet, and taking up fun exercises are all about putting our own health and wellness first. But it can be really hard to know where to begin or how to keep the weight off once we've seen some progress. Quick fixes like soup diets and juice cleanses are unsustainable. There's a much better way to embark on this journey that over 200,000 people have already chosen. We're talking about the Roe Body Program. Here's how it works. Roe gives you access to one of the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Their Roe Body Program then sets up a comprehensive weight loss program tailored to your specific lifestyle, health status, and goals. In addition to the weekly shot, you get one-on-one coaching with a registered nurse. That can help you adopt and stick with lifestyle changes like exercise routines and nutritious diets. It's a comprehensive program that sees participants lose 15 to 20% of their weight in a year on average. But the real benefit is that you keep that weight off. This is weight loss at its most sustainable. With Roe, the average weight loss is 15 to 20% of your weight in one year, in conjunction with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash msheet. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. Go to roco slash msheet. That's ro.co slash msheet. A few weeks ago, we did an episode, The Delphi Murders, Father and Son, where we focused on the criminal record of Tony Klein. At that time, we mentioned we had not yet received the records related to Tony Klein's harassment charges in Howard County, Indiana. We have received those records now and would like to share the details with you. Please note They are a bit similar to the harassment case against Tony Klein in Tipton County, Indiana, but we wish to emphasize that this is a different case with a different victim. And we will also note that Tony Klein ended up pleading guilty to the charges in this case. 
We will be reading from some of the court documents in this case, and will soon post them in redacted form to our Murder Sheet Facebook discussion group. We are obviously not going to name the victim in this case, but will instead call her Jane. On January 26, 2009, Jane came to the Sheriff's Department to report harassment by telephone. Jane started out by advising she started receiving phone calls in early November 2008 that showed up as private. She advised that she had no clue who it was and answered the phone. She advised that she heard a male voice that sounded muffled. The male voice was advising that he was pleasuring himself and asked her to talk with him so he could get off. She stated that the phone calls are very graphic. Jane also advised that she did not think much of it and thought it would pass. She advised that on November 18, 2008, she started keeping a record of when the male subject called since he had done so four or five times now. In all, there are now 18 calls. She advised that the male subject has changed the conversation a bit also. The male subject is now asking her if she would come over or if he could come over and get pleasure from her. She also advised that he has called her by name, but thinks that since it is on her voicemail, that is the reason the subject knows it. Jane also advised that when she tries asking who is talking with her, the male voice says, you don't know who this is, laughs, and then hangs up. She stated that it almost seems like the subject knows her and is playing games with her. Jane advised this has gone on long enough and does not want the calls anymore. She was also very distraught and was ashamed to repeat what the male subject had said to her. Let me jump in here to note just how very appalling this is. Tony Klein called this woman over and over again subjecting her to the vilest kind of unwanted sexual talk. And at this stage of the process, Jane is left distraught and ashamed. Klein therefore essentially victimized her twice, once with the original calls, and secondly, by the way those calls made her feel afterwards. We also want to point out that these calls came in at random times throughout the days. According to the records Jane carefully kept, Tony Klein phoned her as early as 7.12 a.m. and as late as 1.57 a.m. He gave her no peace. The police were able to take the information Jane provided them and track the obscene phone calls back to Tony Klein. He agreed to be interviewed by law enforcement. Let's go back to the records for an account of that talk. During the interview, the defendant admitted he had been calling Jane's telephone. He states that he first called it accidentally by dialing the wrong number. After that, he continued to call her. He states that he does not know who Jane is, what she looks like, or where she lives. I told the defendant that the calls were sexual in nature. The defendant stated that he was masturbating when he called the victim. He apologized several times and stated he was drinking when he made the harassing telephone calls. The defendant agreed that there were over 20 calls to Jane's telephone. He said that he was stupid and was probably drinking. The defendant admitted he has a problem. 
He said that he will never call Jane again and offered to apologize to her and even offered to give her money. I told the defendant that I would be submitting the case for prosecution. Jane was adamant on pursuing harassment charges against the defendant. She stated that she had been fearful and annoyed when she was receiving the calls. She states that she tried several times to obtain the caller's name, and she asked him to stop calling. As we mentioned earlier, Tony Klein ended up pleading guilty. He got sentenced to 180 days probation in order to pay Jane $30, which was the amount she had had to pay to get some phone records. Frankly, that does not seem like enough of a punishment. We feel frustrated that the system kept giving Tony Klein extra chances he did not deserve, essentially awarding him with more and more opportunities to scare or harm other innocents. We would like to close this special update episode with a request. We know that our recent episodes have attracted quite a bit of attention in Tony Klein's community. If you happen to know Tony or Kegan Klein and have any experiences with them you would like to share, please reach out to us. If you are concerned for your privacy, please know that if you wish, we will keep you completely anonymous. The best way to contact us is via email. Our email address is murdersheet at gmail.com.